Okay, welcome to Serendipity Soundtrack, episode three, pumping color into the world with every heartbeat. In this episode, in special, well, I guess my friend told me that I got to do a like an intro sound, but I don't know how to do that techie shit yet. So I have this riff that's my favorite. So I hope that sounds good. <laughs> On uh, I hope they received well on this mic. Um, that'll probably be my intro when I can figure out how to do that. Um, but this episode is special because today I wrote the final chapter of a three-year book project called Pissed Off with a Purpose, Waging War on Fear, which is the big brother to uh, an arsenal of gratitude, Waging War on Mediocrity and Regret. The essence is that I am grateful and I've built uh, enough self-respect and positive habits in my life, but there's still things that piss me off. And like, how can I anger or sorry, um, alter this, these sensations of injustice um, towards a positive end? Because every sensation in our body is for our survival and for our well-being. Our guilt is so we can uh, correct ourselves back to a harmony and grief is like unspent love and love that doesn't know where to go. And you name it, like a sore stomach is saying that, Oh, you did something wrong. Do not do that again. And your reaction to like getting rid of whatever negative substance that ended up in your body that is disrupting the harmony, the dis-ease, the lack of ease that your body is feeling can manifest outwardly or come from all these different capacities before it manifests as actual disease that we know as, you know, anxieties and all these different things, cancers and whatnot, right? Um, but in the spirit of pumping color into the world with every heartbeat, not every color is vibrant and sexy. Some of the colors are sometimes darker, but, you know, you need that contrast to get the full spectrum of the life experience. And, you know, this episode today is kind of going to be on toxic positivity and toxic compassion, because I believe that if you love me, you would hold me accountable to the things that I say, the person that I want to be, you would call my bullshit. I think that's the most respectful thing you can do. I think that's the difference between an acquaintance and a real friend is that an acquaintance is somebody that you have casual joys with, you banter, you laugh, and everything is basically convenient. But a real friend is somebody that's like willing to suffer with you and have hard conversations. And I kind of like that definition just as a fact of, you know, somebody who's kind of willing to take a risk and, you know, just say like, hey, like something could be slightly better here. But if somebody's not willing to, um, you know, cross that line um, on your behalf, in a loving way and uh, you know just challenge for the sake of you know like maybe you're having a little off day maybe i can be compassionate and just say oh, i see something that um you know isn't uh isn't coming out in the best light right now maybe i can be of service maybe i can be a better friend and rise to the occasion today but i have to expose that something's not all right right and so we have to expose each other's bullshit i even put on a nice shirt today because of this moment and i want to translate this energy um, but the spirit of today, I kind of, my message is essentially in this, in an essence that to the right people, um, 
I'm going to sound like an asshole too. And uh, just being willing to offend, you know, and offense can't be given. It can only be taken. You have to agree with it. So if I said, you're dumb, but you know in your heart of hearts that you are not dumb, you're an intelligent person, then you're like, well, you're just wrong. You know, I don't have to be burdened by this one thing that you said. I don't have to be shaken by this one projection, you know, because if that was the case, every celebrity on the planet would be unbelievably troubled people because instead of having the small um, community of, you know, the few people who say like, yes, girl, keep going. Or the guys are like, oh, you look great and stuff like that. And the other person's like, oh, you sound dumb. They have millions of people saying weird, absurd shit to them all the time. And to take inventory of all of that all the time and get every random person credit to their words as if any of it matters, you just still have to be who you want to be at the end of the day and respect yourself and allow the world to align itself accordingly from that point. Um, because if you, who you are and you respect yourself, like the law of attraction is that people would be magnetized to somebody who has their shit together and carries their burden and has humility in their flaws. Uh, they will carry themselves in a capacity that brings other people along. He's like, you know what? I do want to expose the things that aren't good for me and have people around me who can say like, yeah, like you're kind of acting kind of pathetic today. Is there some way that I can support you? You know, to just like, not just feel like you have to fucking be a lone wolf your whole life. And that's really what I was doing for a long time is that I think I could change the world by being a lone wolf. That doesn't even fucking make sense, you know? <laughs> so, um, as somebody who went from being this big game horseback guide and having my many insecurities, uh, but having things that I could really rely on and be like, oh, like I have the, the reputation of this big game horseback guide who's bumped into grizzlies and been surrounded by wolves and uh, thought my brother was dead for five days and became an author because I was bargaining with God, like what the fuck's this all for? Um, and in all these crazy scenarios that people are like, wow, it's amazing. You must be so courageous. But then I would come home and be afraid to, you know, make a new friendship or have a certain conversation. It's like, man, there's different kinds of courage out there. And I don't want to be leaning on this one thing that I'm good at and, you know, have that compensate for all the ways that I feel small. Cause then it amplifies how small that I feel, you know? And so to have people around me who are willing to offend, even though it feels like the wrong word, um, but just expose reality for what it is. And if I disagree, well, then either I'm committed to my bullshit or there's an opportunity there for me to see reality in a different light. And there's a lot of potential in that. And um, yeah, just have relationships become playgrounds for self-discovery and that nothing's off the table in the sense of pure, authentic expression that if you are truly who you want to be, all the time, then I will either be helping you become that person and I will strengthen that or be like, oh, maybe I can't help you, but I have somebody else who's like meant to be a greater friend than me. Um, but if I can at least be a connection or, you know, just make practice of being that authentic version of myself, 
then when then other people come around, then I won't be as scared because I'm, it's not like, oh, this is the first time I'm finally being me. I don't know if it's going to work out. <laughs> you know, um, I just, everybody gets the same me all the time. So I don't have to decide what mask I'm going to put on in each room. Um, everybody says such the same things, but everybody's having a different experience of who I am anyways, based off of their perception. And maybe my confidence makes me an asshole in their light. And for other people, their confidence is courageous. And so it'll just continue to be sorting accordingly. I only have to pay attention to what brings out the enthusiasm and the spark of my life, you know? And so in this light of toxic positivity and toxic compassion, the willingness to offend, um, let's talk about New Year's resolutions because I think they're kind of ridiculous. If you think something's good for you, then you can do it today. You can start over and you can fuck it up and you can start again the next day or this minute for that matter. People be like, oh, okay, like I messed up my, uh, my streak for Duolingo or whatever the hell you're trying to do, your sobriety, be like, oh, I'll try again next week and you give yourself a grace period. Um, but then you're allowing, let's say that grace period, like, oh, I'll start again after this amount of time. Well, then you have allowed yourself to not be who you want to be for that entire grace period. There's a difference between grace and forgiveness and you know actually trying to be the person that you're fighting to want to become you know and so there has to be a rigidness and a loving friend might say no you don't have to fucking wait to try again put the shit down the smokes the drinks the fatty foods whatever the case may be like you don't have to wait another minute to be that person that you aspire to become and to say that you have to wait for a new year as if the calendar fucking matters as if the 1st of January feels any different than June 20th. If you want to be a person, you have to be that person all year long. Seasons have different effects on us, sure, but you as a character and human being should not be seasonal. And in that spirit of, <laughs> you know, New Year's resolutions and like my definition of love, of holding me accountable um, and having those scary conversations there's a, a societal conversation going around that makes us weak. And there's, you know, statistics going around that something like uh, the damage of loneliness, because like this epidemic, you know, post COVID um, has having such a profound effect where people are always connected, but not actually meaningfully involved and not having real relationships. Um, the equivalent of the damage of loneliness is equivalent to 15 cigarettes a day. And so you're just like, oh, wow, that's incredibly unhealthy. And the cognitive dissonance that you need to have to be smoking cigarettes, here's me being, you know, an asshole to the right people, let's say, um, saying how dumb cigarettes are. Well, you know that because it's the only product I understand anyways, that has to tell you how dumb you are. When you buy it, it has a warning. It has a picture of how ugly the consequences are. Alcohol doesn't do that. They're all like, oh, you could be a captain or whatever shit that is being romanticized to you in different drugs, alcohol, whatever the case may be. Like cigarettes is the one thing that's like, this is profoundly stupid, you know? But then like, you know, vaping's right under that with the nicotine. It just has to be. It's the same fucking thing, slightly different ingredients. Um, but the, we societally do that and we guilt people for their sobriety. Let's say, oh, were you boring? 
Um, but you know, to have the audacity on their other side of sobriety and, you know, having that self-control of like, no, I'm not a coward. I'm actually trying to have like authentic courage. I don't want to fabricate that through alcohol. I don't want to be fun all the time without having to fucking pay for it and drink and, you know, smooth myself and have the social lubricant to actually get to where I want to be, you know, but to finish up the cigarette thing, to have it go both ways of to say like, okay, if this picture on this thing isn't ugly and scary enough for this person, like having to like put a little microphone up to their neck so they can speak, um, that like they are simulating the same damage of loneliness. You know, if you're having a pack of cigarettes a day, like that's how damaging it is. And everybody, knowingly, nobody fucking wants to feel lonely. That's like one of the worst things in the world. That's why we have all these crutches. You know, that's the damage that we're simulating, you know, so it couldn't be more obvious to move on to even more controversial stuff, to not have these conversations of, you know, like, oh, being overweight, you got to love yourself and stuff. But if somebody really loves you, they want you the healthiest, most athletic, unbelievably capable version that you could possibly be. And it's going to be uncomfortable. But to uh, change the narrative as if like, no, like you being overweight, it's like perfectly fine. You're still lovable. Yes, 100%. You fundamentally, everybody deserves love. But for you to be um, the demise of your own health, like the version of me that loves you wants you to minimize your mortality rate and minimize your health problems that come with obesity and stuff. And I refuse to feel um, silenced by the fact that it's like, no, I want my friends fucking healthy, you know? But there's this like, no, let's have plus size models and stuff like that. Yeah, there's people that are slightly bigger. They need clothes to 100 fucking percent. Um, but uh, to have the grand narrative to be like, go get the fuck out of your house <laughs> and um, do things that scare you and uh, move the diet around to, you know, all these comfort foods that brought us to this place. And like, how can we have these healthy coping mechanisms and get back into sports and do things that, um, you know, allow us to like have treats. And it's not a, a, such a detriment to our being because, you know, yeah, absolutely. We deserve a treat after having, you know, hours of play as kids used to have, but no, we're just like sitting down and letting our laziness and abundance destroy us. The most pathetic thing we could possibly have is a nation and a generation of people who are destroyed by their own overabundance. And that's the place that we basically are, you know, and in tune with that, like prolonged media effects, the fact that we have uh, constituted or changed real relationships for you know, always texting people. There's nothing like actually being out in the wild and having real genuine human connection. And, you know, the, the epidemic of sexlessness that's happening right now, that like 30% of men haven't had intimacy in the last year and 20% of women haven't had intimacy in the last year. Um, you know, there's something to be said about people going and earning it and being somebody who can you know, be a part of somebody like, yeah, absolutely. You're so admirable that you're somebody I want to grow with when people have it so easy that they can just go and watch pornography till the end of their days and have basically fool themselves that they have arrived and they have made it to the moment of intimacy, but then see the product of their life 
and realize that they never played out in the real world because they were too busy playing with themselves. If you're too busy playing with your own balls, you can't go and play with the world, you know? And, you know, that I, that's a loving thing to say, that there's a very obvious, duh, consequence to so much of life stuff. But it's like, oh, well, if they don't know, it doesn't hurt them. But buying into the lie that if people can continue getting away with the things that, like, nobody knows about, then everybody's living a secret. And that's why everybody has a mask. And, um, you know, the person who's being authentic and enthusiastic is a threat because they've actually found themselves, they found their self-respect and that person having such a stressless continuity of who they are just exposes the fact that other people have um, committed to their lies and their bullshit. And yeah, it's going to be a lot of hard work after you've committed to being that person for so long. Um, But it's meaningful, positive work because people say stuff like, Oh, what's meant to be will stay. Um, what's meant for you will always come. And that's a really easy cop out. Um, but when the stats are like 50% of marriages are ending in divorce and that's only the people courageous enough and angry enough to do something about it. There's a lot of very unhappy people married still, you know, so it's even worse than that. And in a sense, but there's also people who do the hard, scary work and humble themselves and are incredibly vulnerable and take that opportunity because the alternative is to create a version of themselves that is loved. And when they receive praise, they're like, oh, well, you loved a version of me that uh, I fronted. It's not who I want to be. You know, and I think that's like one of the ultimate failures of, uh, of trying to create connection. You know, is I'm guessing who this person wants me to be rather than just being enthusiastic for the sake of itself and letting that be authentic and guide me and letting it kick my ass and correct me accordingly as I go on this courageous journey and have people who really align with me rather than just um, letting the loneliness and like desperation that I um, attribute very similar to starving. That if you're starving and somebody offers you McDonald's right now or steak in an hour, you're going to say, give me McDonald's right now. Then that's just like you diminishing that feeling and like getting rid of that pain as quick as possible but you can't live a healthy life living off of McDonald's. Eventually, if there's McDonald's people that are helping you get over your loneliness, then eventually you have to, you know, and be like, hey, like you served your purpose now and I'm grateful, but I aspire to find people that are much healthier. You know, I want to go eat a steak and like nourish my body in a greater way. And it's either those people can come with you or if you're too afraid to upgrade, then that's exactly what you keep, you know, but uh, what we do to get out of survival mode and what we have to do to get into a thriving mode are very different modalities of living. And it's going to make you feel like a stranger um, to people that you've been around for a while. And it's going to feel lonely, but um, the consequences of having a courageous journey are going to create results that you're going to respect yourself for and love yourself for. And those things are worth doing. And, uh, yeah, to come to three years of staring at what waging war on fear might be, um, I cannot wait to share that stuff with you guys. And so, you know, pumping color into the world is sometimes going to piss people off and I'm sure this episode surely will. Um, but you know, in the spirit of love, like I just want people as healthy and authentic and strong as they can possibly be. And sometimes you got to say some shit that doesn't make them feel comfortable, you know, so be it. 
Um, you know, if, uh, if you were never uncomfortable, then you may never move. And so I never wish pain upon anybody, but I do wish that they have a life that provokes them enough to move. Um, to, so you can be inspired by something that you love, but also to be inspired by something that scares the shit out of you so much that if you don't do it, that's also like an unbearable fantasy or nightmare on the flip side of not living a courageous life, you know? And if you can balance those things and have a delayed gratification of just seeing something through out of pure faith, not having anything promised, because that's what a real adventure really is. You don't need faith for something that's promised, but you do for something that, uh, you know, you have no idea how it's going to turn out, but that's a real fucking adventure, isn't it? So yeah, here's to many new amazing beginnings. Um, yeah, thanks for watching. If you guys have any thoughts, I'd love to hear them. I'd want to know how you're being courageous this year, but until next time, love you. Talk to you soon.